You're about to listen to a message of Foundation of Truth Assembly. May the word you hear bear fruit in your heart now and always. Oh Lord, receive our worship. Receive us and our worship. Like you had respect unto Abel and his offering. Lord, as we bring the offering of the fruit of our lips today, let it be acceptable before you. Let it rise before you like a sweet-smelling savor, pleasing unto you in the name of Jesus Christ. We offer ourselves as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to you. Lord Jesus Christ, find us acceptable by the righteousness that you have imputed upon us in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh Lord God, we pray as we go into your word that you will speak through me, that you will speak to us all in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh Lord God, that you will say what is on your heart to us. Lord, let your church hear your words in the name of Jesus. Let him who has an ear hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord God, I make myself available unto you. My entire faculty I submit unto you. Lord, let it be used for your glory in the name of Jesus Christ. And as your word comes, let it come with the ability to cause transformation in the name of Jesus Christ. The words that you speak, the Bible says, and I believe that they are spirit and they are life. Lord God, let it jump from the logos level. Let it become rema into our souls. And that rema, let it revolutionize our lives. Let it transform us in the name of Jesus Christ. And we will be more and more like Jesus. Ready and fit for the master's use. At all times. Without notice. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jehovah Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Put your hands together for Jesus celebrate he who was who is and is to come who was slain yet is alive and reigns forevermore the king of glory is his name he is both the lion and the lamb he is almighty the bible calls him el shaddai the multi-breasted one the one from the beginning the one who has no end he is king forever the government is upon his shoulders glory to jesus Hallelujah. It's because of him we have our boast. And in him alone we have our boast. He is the champion. He is the maker of all things. Without him nothing was made that was made. All things were made for his pleasure. We are created to bring him pleasure. And it's my pleasure this morning to bring to you the word of God. On this last Saturday of the month of August 2022. It's a privilege indeed. For many are called but few are chosen. We want to bless the name of the Lord for choosing us, for electing us to be his vessels, to deliver his word to his saints. We thank you, Lord Jesus, and we take this privilege with a lot of importance. Thank you, Father. Okay, let's go into the word for today. Today's um, word is the last in the series on keeping feet. And you recall that we started from um, the first week on the diet. We went on to have some time at the gym. And last week, we were checking our balance. Not your account balance, but your life balance. Checking if you are still in the faith. Checking if Christ is in you. And we took our text for the month from the book of Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. 
Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 and I'm going to read that now before we go into our topic for today the Bible says therefore we also since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Here he was comparing the Christian journey with athletics. It says, let us run with endurance. He was comparing with the life of an Ajuaya. I remember a, a number of years ago during NYC and there was one day we had to go for what they call endurance trek and uh, in the desert of Sokoto under the hot sun. Of course, the sun eventually caught up with us. We left very early, maybe around 5 a.m. Uh, for this so-called endurance trek. I don't know how many kilometers we trekked, but it, it, there's no way to be less than about 10 kilometers. And we went right into the desert, the arid area of Sokoto. And it was very stressful. In fact, ambulances had to follow us and some that could not cope, they were hopped on to the ambulances to take them back to the orientation camp. Some of us, God gave us strength to walk all the entire way. And of course, we had support of water bottles. We had support of uh, some other juices and drinks that we had alongside um, our, our khakis. We had it somewhere around our khakis. We were fully kitted for that journey with our boots, with our, with our cover, uh, cover cap and everything that was needed to support the endurance journey that we have to undertake as youth coppers. So we went into that to endure. So this scripture is saying, number one, you remember you are an athlete, you will run the race, but you have to run this race with endurance. In some versions, say you run this race with patience. You are running, but you are patient because the journey is far and you are not going to get there in a minute. So you keep running patiently with endurance. You keep going. You keep going. He said, you run the race that is set before us. How do you run the race? Is in verse 2. It says, looking unto Jesus. If you run that race looking at the watch, you are going to fail. Because over time, the time you set will run out and you have not reached your destination. You are going to fail. And it says, don't look to your time. Look unto Jesus. He said, if you look to others, you may fail. Because some others will get tempted along the way. They will backslide along the way. They will turn back along the way. Some will quit along the way. He said, don't look to others. Look unto Jesus. He says, don't look to yourself. Because at some time, you are going to disappoint yourself. And the devil will come and say, oh, you did something bad yesterday. You think you are still on this race. Tell the devil, I know you are a failure. You failed. The fact that I failed doesn't make me a failure. I rise again. I go back to my father like that prodigal son and I continue this journey he said looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross endurance again we see this Christian race this Christian race that we have embarked on you cannot do it without endurance you cannot do it without being fit he said we keep enduring we keep enduring this in the ship that is at some moments people will call you a Jew guy they will say you don't know what's going on they will say you, do, you are not trending they say you are not vibing they call it whatever they want to call it but say do not be ashamed in fact despise the ship like Jesus Christ after doing all that he said he was sat at the right hand of the throne of God that is a place of honor he found a seat of honor so this is our example for this month in keeping fit like an athlete, in keeping fit like a soldier. He said there are other things you need to do. 
So today we wrap up this topic and tie in everything we've been doing together in the topic that we have called staying in ship. Staying in ship. You know, the picture that came to my mind when this inspiration came to my mind is what we usually see online. When you do a fitness program, you see some of the adverts or when some other people run their fitness uh, program, you see a kind of pose they do at the end of the day. And I've seen a number of popular people, celebrities, artists and, you know, uh, OAPs who at some point felt that uh, they didn't like their shape. They didn't like their size and they decided to do something about it. So they went on a dieting program and they went off radar for a while. So after the time when they are now proud of their body, their Coca-Cola body is now there. Their six pack is now there and they want to flaunt it. And they're going to post a picture before and after. So before you see somebody that is plus size. And now after the dieting program, you see somebody that is trimmed up looking sharp at least in their eyes and this is exactly what they want to show the world and they post that picture and everybody is clapping and everybody is saying whoa congratulations you did well for yourself great fantastic fit what they don't show us is after a number of years after a number of months there is another version of them that is not that dream version that is not that fit version that is not that um, smart looking version Maybe more precise than what they started from. But they don't show us that. Almost always when you see people who go on fitness programs, whether it's dieting only, whether it's dieting with exercise, whatever it is, over time, if you do not continue to service that body with the lifestyle of the discipline you went for a short period in the name of a diet or in the name of a fitness program if you do not sustain those behaviors if you do not sustain those practices you see you're going to lose shape so your after after might be worse than your before of course worse than your immediate after so this is what we are premising this message upon that hey wait a minute you started this spiritual fitness journey you have looked at your life, you saw where you have been, you don't like where you have been. You have been at that position that when you want to pray is a struggle. Before you start making one prayer point, you have started to yawn. And your mind is going everywhere else but the throne of grace. Your mind is on the food you are going to eat. Your mind is on the program that is going to premiere after. Your mind is on the premiership that you are going to watch after. Your mind is everywhere else apart from the place of prayer. Are you asking yourself, is this how I'm going to continue? You say you're going to do something about it. Oh, you want to read your Bible. Before you read one verse, your mind goes to Facebook. And you say, let me quickly check and update my status on Facebook. Or you quickly go to your WhatsApp and snap that place in your Bible. And upload it to your WhatsApp status. And share it to your Facebook friends. You say, I'm jacking the word. Feeding on the word. And your feeding on the word stops right there. When you see the first comment, when you see the first sticker, it stops right there. And you forget about what you were doing. And you begin to exchange communication via that chat. And you leave the word. And you said, oh, this is not good for me. I have to do something. And you began this journey. You began to learn to wait upon the Lord. You began to pray in the night. You began to evangelize. You began to stretch your love muscles. You began to stretch your faith muscles. You began to walk in purity. You began to cut off those weights and sins that easily beset you. You began to make yourself accountable. You began to stretch yourself and become as you ought to be as a child of God. 
over time, people began to see the difference. And when you get to church, your boldness level rises. When they say, pray in the Holy Ghost, your voice is the loudest. Pray in the Holy Ghost. You begin to vibe before you close your eyes. You begin to see visions of heaven. And your life is transforming. And everybody is applauding you. You go on the fasting program all by yourself. Not because the church has declared you fast. You just fast one month, two months. You stay awake to study the word of God. Great and mighty. You are stretching your spiritual muscles. You are developing yourself in your most holy faith. Your fitness is increasing. But a time came. He said, let me pause. Let me just take it easy. This way I'm going. Maybe I'll soon become a pastor. And this is not my intention. Oh, oh, who told you you have to become a pastor? Not everybody will become a pastor. But every child of God is a minister. You are not hearing me. Every child of God is a witness. The Bible says, and you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses. He didn't say you will necessarily go and become a church uh, founder. He didn't say you will necessarily go and become a Pastor Jenkins preaching every Saturday and preaching every other time. There is a preaching engagement, teaching, counseling, healing, casting out devils, doing whatever God has called me to do. But you don't have to do all that. But in that your field, as an athlete, you are called to be a minister. As a singer, you are called to be a minister. As a computer scientist, you are called to be a minister. As an economist, you are called to be a minister. As a church sweeper, you are called to be a minister. As a banker, you are called to be a minister. Imagine how many of lives will be transformed if every child of God got this revelation. That you don't have to be behind the pulpit. You don't have to be preaching to be a minister. You don't have to be in the pulpit ministry to be a ministry. Ministry is using God's resources to help people. To provide service. To solve problems. You can be solving problems as a witness to Jesus. Bible says how the Holy Spirit anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Ghost and power. And the Bible said he went about doing great works, healing the sick, casting out devils, for God was with him. The evidence that God is with you is that you have the capacity to do good works. What are those good works we are talking about? The world is so dark, you bring light, light is good work. A place is so confused, so voidless, so shapeless, you bring sanity, you bring organization, that is good work. That is what Jesus went about doing. People are down, you you bring them up, you edify them, you encourage them, you motivates them you inspire them that is good work not only preaching is good work so we gotta be witnesses 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 but in trying to be witnesses there is a lifestyle you need to sustain if the things are brought you to that level where you are so high spiritually speaking where you are so sensitive spiritually speaking if you don't sustain those behaviors you're going to crash and the end might be worse than the beginning. So today, my charge to us is to keep up those behaviors that helped us. And I go to the book of Second Timothy. Second Timothy chapter 2. I'm going to read a number of verses in this Second Timothy chapter 2 today. So let's start together from verse 1. While you're looking for Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 1. Let me remind you about what's happening in this book. This book was written, this letter was written by Paul the Apostle to his protege, his son in the Lord, Bishop Timothy. He was a young bishop 
and this scripture was written to him on things he should do and things he should not do as a minister of God. And the things he should teach his flock, his congregation, his churches, the things he should teach them. These things that he has seen in Apostle Paul, he should teach them. So you see, from verse 1 of the book of 2 Timothy chapter 2, the Bible says, You, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Nowhere in scripture will you hear, be weak in anything, especially in the things of God. He says, be strong in the faith. Be strong in the spirit. Yeah, he says, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Other versions will say, be strong through the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Some of us started very strong. Or we became very strong. But over time, we allowed weights to slow us down. So you are no longer walking gracefully. You are walking sluggishly. You want to get up to do the things of God. Things weigh you down. Your heart is weighed down. Your heart has become overcharged with suffering. Overcharged with the cares of this life. I said, no, don't do that. Be strong. Through the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Let your bar of grace be full. Let it be full bar. Not only the battery of your devices that needs to be full bar. Because you are careful about that. Before you go to bed, you plug it. So when you wake up in the morning, it's full bar. And some days when you think you have plugged it and it's not properly plugged. And in the morning you wake up, it is 10%. You feel bad. You feel depressed. That whole morning. And you carry your charger all around. Why? You want your battery to be strong. So that you can use it, your devices to do whatever you want to do during the day. But we don't charge. Or keep charged. Our spiritual battery. It says be strong through the grace that is in Christ Jesus Christ. Be strong, my son. Charge it up. Keep it plugged. Keep it plugged. On my status for WhatsApp, my bio on WhatsApp for years, what I have there is grace positive. Jesus lover. That's how I want to be known. Grace positive. Jesus lover. I want my grace level to keep increasing. I want to grow in grace. In fact, I want to multiply in grace through the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and through the knowledge of God. I want to grow in grace. I want to push. I want to get those greater levels of grace because there are greater levels of grace. It says be strong in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, be strong. Keep yourself strong. Those things that you have always done, that have given you strength in the spirit, it says sustain them. Don't let that strength reduce. Verse 2 says, And the things that you have heard from me, among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men, who will be able to teach others also. You therefore, verse 3, must endure hardship. You must endure hardship. How? Hardship. I thought I want to live soft life. Why are you telling me about hardship? I don't think hardship has anything to do with scriptures. When I came to Christ, they told me if you become a believer, everything will be rosy from morning to evening. There is no more sorrow, no more pain, no more hardship, no more struggles. But yeah. How come Paul the Apostle, not me, how come Paul the Apostle 
a man of God, a man that had great revelations about the Lord Jesus Christ, a man who taught us several things about the kingdom of God. How can it be saying, Bishop Timothy, and you and your listeners, the witnesses around me who heard you, and the people that you are called to pastor, he said, go and tell them the same. That's what? Endure hardship. It is because hardship is part of the equation. If anybody told you before, Christian journey is easy peasy. They lied to you. I'm sorry to tell you, they lied to you. This race, you cannot assume that it's easy peasy. You're going to chicken out when you see those moments that will challenge you to your core. You're going to chicken out. But there is grace for the journey. Yes, the road we are called to walk is narrow, is lonely. But let's even thank God first that that road is open. Because it was not supposed to be open. It was grace that opened it. So the road is narrow, risky. Not many people find it. So you can be alone at some moments. It can be hard at some moments. But there is grace for the journey. So it says, tap into that grace. Be strong in that grace. So that you can endure hardship. Hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Continue reading. It says, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. Entanglement. It says, no one who is engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. That he may please him. There's a goal of this soldier. That he may please him. Who recruited him? Who enlisted him as a soldier? Verse 5, and I'll come to this. And also, if anyone competes in athletics, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. According to the rules. Verse 6, it says the hard-working farmer must first be the partaker of the crops. The hard-working farmer must be forced to partake of the crops. We see in these three verses that the Apostle Paul was using three illustrations to explain to us the kind of life that we have been called to live and the requirement for that kind of life. He says, my son, endure hardship. Endure hardship. Is it because this life of godliness that you have been called to live, this exercising unto godliness that you have been charged to do, is it will cost you something. You will be persecuted. You will be misunderstood. You will be punished for doing no wrong. They punished Daniel for praying. Can you imagine that? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were punished for not agreeing to compromise. They were punished. Second Timothy chapter 3, if you read verse 12, the Bible says, All who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Listen, is it all, not some? If as a Christian, please listen to me. You may not like what I'm saying, but it is the truth. So please pay attention. If as a Christian, nobody hates what you do, how you do it, 
what you don't do you don't suffer any persecution any harassment any injustice because you are a Christian I doubt that you are a Christian it says here in the scripture let me even read it 2 Timothy chapter 2 if you go to no chapter 3 2 Timothy chapter 3 go to verse 12 it says yes all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will not may not might will suffer persecution we suffer persecution if you are a child of God indeed there will be things that you must have said no to that the people around you felt you should have said yes to and because you said no instead of saying yes they will punish you for it they will persecute it for it they will spoil your name for it there will be things that you should say yes to as a child of God because the whole world desires to say no to them and you said yes and for your low yes you will suffer persecution if that is not your experience I doubt that you are living in Christ Jesus maybe you are in church I doubt that you are living in Christ Jesus because even Christ Jesus suffered persecution the Bible says he went about doing good yet he suffered persecution they said crucify him because in doing good you offend some people who interpret your good work as bad deeds so he says endure hardship but how do you endure hardship he gave us three examples he said number one you endure hardship as a soldier write it down he said number two you endure hardship as an athlete there is somebody doing track and field he said number three you endure hardship as a farmer hardship as a farmer as a soldier he says see you cannot entertain yourself with civilian affairs you cannot allow yourself into some entanglements entanglements everybody is doing it you want to do it he said you can't do that as a soldier of Christ you can't do that that is not your calling you can't do that by the grace of God next month I'll be teaching us about the armor of God the life of a soldier somebody engaged in warfare this is what the Lord has placed on my heart to teach for next month he said you can't do anyhow there is a way you carry yourself so that you not become a casualty there is a war going on maybe you don't understand it because you know the devil has mastered the art of making it look like it. there's no war going on there is a war going on you are on a battlefield so he said there's going to be hard moments you need to learn to adapt to those hard moments enduring as a soldier he said but to endure there are certain things you need to set aside entanglement civilian affairs the affairs of this world he said you've got to put it aside if you're going to endure hardship as a soldier and keep yourself fit ready to continue to be serving in the master's army he said you've got to endure hardship why do you do that as a soldier? He said to please him who enlisted you. So the prize for the soldier is pleasing the recruiter. The Lord himself, the champion, the captain of our salvation, is a man of war. 
is the commander of the angel armies. So he said, our, our duty, the crown, the prize for staying fit in the army is so that we continue to please the general. That is, God will say concerning you, see my beloved soldier, in whom I am well pleased. He said, that is your reward. He said, for that reason, copy Jesus, endure action, despise the shame, go through the pain of the cross, that like Jesus, it might be said of you, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. And for some of us that are ladies and women listening to me, you know, there are female sons. This is my female son. In whom I am well pleased. You know, in this kingdom, there is neither male nor female. So when he says, this is my beloved son, he's speaking to you too. There is endure hardship. I know there is pressure on you. I know you are growing older. I know things are not so rosy. I know your mates are doing wrongs and they, are, they seem to be getting ahead. And you say, I will stay with this Jesus. I will do what is right. And my time will come. And it looks as if with this time really come. It says, endure. Endure hardship as a soldier of Christ. That you might please him who recruited you. That you might please him who enlisted you. This is what you need to do as a soldier of Christ. He said, but there's another illustration. Endure hardship. As an athlete, you know, I've watched a lot of athletics, and I love athletics a lot, by the way. You watch those, uh, those guys that are on top of their career. You watch Serena Williams, great woman. She's etched her name in the books of history of great people to ever grace the field. You watch Usain Bolt. You watch great athletes, some of Nigerian descent, some of foreign descent. There seems to be something common to all of them. They pay a lot of price to stay fit. They pay a lot of price to keep winning. Some of them, they stay on a permanent diet all through their career. Some, they take certain supplements. I'm not talking about those who take banned substances. They take certain supplements to keep fit. They exercise. Whether or not there's a competition, whether or not there's a schedule of a challenge ahead of them, they just keep exercising. They do it every day. It's part of their life. They endure the pain. And sometimes doing exercise can be painful. I remember, I remember many, many, many years ago when, and if I say this, some of us may not believe, I, I, I enrolled as a footballer. Many years ago, I was in an under 10 team and um, I was playing very well. I was playing seven until um, I found out that uh, some things are not meant for some people. So I have to quit. So that I can focus on some other things. I remember those days you go for training. And you are coming back. Your body is aching. For the first week I was asking myself. Who sent me? Who sent me? Body aches. All over your body. And you still have to go to school. You still have to go and face calculus and all that. It's not easy. To have that lifestyle. But they are used to it. They endure it. It has become a daily routine for them. They do it. Why do they do it? They do it for the crown. Bible says that if you are going to win the crown, you can't do any. You have to compete according to the rules. Striving lawfully. According to the rules. He said to win as an athlete. You can't do as you like. You can't cross the lane in certain kind of races. You can't. When you want to do your uh, triple jump, there is a place you must put your leg before you take that leap. If your leg is not on that place, 
whatever distance you think you jump is cancelled. You want to do your your hurdles? There's a way to not do your hurdles. If you do it in a certain way, you are disqualified. You want to run your 100 meters? If you do a false start, you are disqualified. In certain races, you are not allowed to cross lanes. If you do so, you are disqualified. If you take a substance that you are not supposed to take, even if you win the crown today, if they do the test tomorrow and they find that substance in your blood, you are disqualified. He said, do your life like an athlete, knowing that not all things are for you. Everybody can take every substance. There are certain substances that are not for you. There are certain things you cannot take into your soul, not only into your body. There are certain feats that should not enter your soul. There are certain movies you cannot watch. There are certain music you cannot hear. If you want to stay fit like this athlete, competing lawfully, so that you don't lose your crown, so that you don't lose a chance to get your crown, endure hardship. Endure hardship. Are you saying, Pastor Jenkins, I can no longer watch TV because I want to go endure hardship? Of course you can watch TV. There are good things on TV. Can I not go to internet? Can I not go to social media? Of course there are good things on social media. But as there are good things, there are bad things. A lot of bad things. So can you discipline yourself to block away the bad things and focus on benefiting from the good things? There are a lot of good stuff on on social media, on TV, on internet, good stuff. Some of the books that some of us have in our libraries, and that's why our libraries are not growing physically, but they are growing digitally. Many books that we strive to buy back in the day, they are now available online, free of charge. Just go ahead and download. In fact, some, you don't need to read the entire book. Somebody has gone the extra mile to summarize the book and put it in maybe 20 pages. Maybe the original book was 120 pages. But now it's just 20 pages. And in 20 minutes you can read it. It's a groom yourself. Mind what you're taking. Because there are things you will take in that will take away your crown. Am I speaking to somebody? Some of us have already labored so hard. Or are laboring so hard. And the crown is in sight. He said, but there are certain substances you are taking. There are certain lifestyles that is entering your mind. There are certain things you do in the secret. They can take away your crown. They can disqualify you. Paul the apostle in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, if you start from verse 27. He says, I put myself under. I discipline myself. Lest having preached to others, I myself become cast away. He said, it's not enough to preach to others. You can be doing what I'm doing right now, preaching to others. And you may lose your crown by being cast away if you don't learn to discipline your body. If you don't learn to discipline your body, everything the body wants, you want to give to the body. He said, that way you cannot maintain your crown. That way the crown may be taken away from you. That way you may not receive the crown of righteousness. Discipline the body. There are days the body we want pleasure, inordinate pleasure. He said, Discipline the body and say, No, are you a slave to the body or are you a slave to Jesus Christ? Choose your allegiance. The person you choose to please, that is your master. That is your master. If Jesus is your master, he said, Focus on pleasing him. Focus on pleasing him. If this activity will not please the Lord, why go into it? Why go into it? He said, Endure the hardship. I'm not going into it. Even though people tell you there are 
benefits. You are missing something. He said, leave it. There are more benefits in pleasing the Lord. He said, in the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures. It's not only pleasing you. He ushers you into a realm of pleasures. Not for one day, but forever. If you stay true to your calling. The last illustration he gave us is that of a farmer. He says, be like that farmer. Endure hardship. Endure hardship. He said, go to that farm. Till the ground. The sun will be hot. But go ahead and till the ground. Endure hardship. You can't see the maze. But go ahead and till the ground. Put the seed in it. And the first day you don't see nothing. He said, endure hardship. Go to the place and prepare the ground. He said, on the third day you start seeing the ears coming up. You start seeing the leaves coming up. And it starts growing gradually. He says, endure hardship. Go and weed around the crop. Go and water the crop. Endure hardship. Until one day you get the prize for enjoying the hardship. Which is a harvest. And he said, you must be the first to partake of the harvest. Endure it. Endure it. Bible says in verse 7 of that, 2 Timothy 2, it says, Consider what I say, and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. This is my prayer for you. Don't say, Pastor Jenkins is just trying to be hard on us. Asking us to endure hardship. What is sweet about hardship? Why should I endure hardship? He said, because hardship is rewarded. Jesus endured hardship, and he got the reward. So should you. So should you. I move on to um, verse 20 of the same book of 2 Timothy chapter 2. It says, But in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but of wood and clay. Vessels of gold and silver, of wood and clay. Is this in the house of God? In a great palace, and God is a king. In a great palace, in a great house, in a great mansion. He said there are different kinds of materials that make up the utensils, that make up the items, that make up the things that furnish the house of a great man. In a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver. He said, but of woods and clay. There are golden vessels, refined people, educated people, prestigious people, rich people well-balanced people, influential people in a great house. He said, we have them there. They are people of gold. We also have the people of silver. They may not be the best. They may not be your gold or your platinum. He said, they may not be the best, but they are good people. They are valuable people. They are malleable people. They are people that you can, you know, mold. There are people that are soft-spoken. They don't only have a soft life. They can also be molded. They are flexible Flexible people. He said, but there are also some people of wood. He said, these people, they are very rigid, hard to bend. You can't easily bend wood. He said, they are hard to bend. You can only chisel them. You can only shape them. And the shape they have is the shape they have. They are already fixated. He said, they are God's children. They are still in his house. That's who they are. They are straight jacketed people. These people, they are just like that. This is how I was born. They are those kind of people. He said they are in the house of God. People who maintain their dogma. People who stay rigid to what they believe. And you can never talk them out of it. He said they are in God's house. They are God's people too. They are wooden people. These wooden people, they cannot suffer affliction. That is fire. They cannot endure fire. 
Once you build fire close to them, they will be destroyed. Once you start to rebuke them, they will run away. They will disappear. Something will burn them up. By the time you expose them to hard work, you push them hard. He said they will die. They can't stand fire. They can't stand heat. They are wood. They will be consumed. He said we have them in the house. He said there are some other people. They are like clay. Oh, these are the pedestrian people. These are the lowest of the lowest. These are the people that are downtrodden. We step on them. They are clay. They are made of something of little value. But in spite of their little value, they carry substance. He said they've gone through fire. They've been molded. They've gone through the kiln. They've endured hard, high temperature. They've endured fire. They have been formed. They have been punished by the things they went through. They went through hardship. They went through hardship. They went through hardship. They were not supposed to be to even be in a great house. This eighteen ways, but the Lord has put His Spirit inside of them. He said, "There are a people who are clay vessels, but the Lord has deposited His virtues inside of them." He said, "These people, they are fragile. They can also break. If they fall, they can break." So they are fragile people. Why? Because the foundation is not very strong. The strength of material is very weak. Even though they are malleable and they can be formed before they go into the oven. But once they go into the oven, they also become brittle. If they fall, they break into pieces. They say, I'm their potter. I can still gather them together and mold them together. I put them back into the kiln and endure fire and they come out shining. I have different categories of people in a great house. Is that in a great house? They are not only vessels of gold and silver. But of wood and clay. Some for honor. And some for dishonor. Ah, for years. For years. For years I didn't like this scripture. Because I thought. That that was how they were created. That God created some. For honorable use. Let me give you an example. So in a house. In a great house. There are different things. Different items. You have your phone. Your phone is a vessel. You have your TV. Your TV is a vessel. You have your WC. Your WC is a vessel. You have your waste basket. Your waste basket is a vessel. Your trash cans is a vessel. Refuse collector is a vessel. Your packer is a vessel. Your chair is a vessel. It says some are for honor. Some are for dishonor. And I thought it was the master's design to make some people for dishonorable use pedestrian use common use used by other people in the house used by you know those that don't matter the guests we don't want to welcome used by them he said but there are certain special vessels when the president comes visiting my house that glass cup I go to bring that golden cup I go to bring he said, those are the vessels of honor. Fit for very special occasion. Fit for the master's use. So the daddy in the house has his own cutlery set. Has his own food tray. Has his own dishes. Has his own earthenware. Has his own special things. Has his own daddy seat. You know, in some houses, there's a daddy seat. And there is a seat for other people. He said, not all seats are the same. Some are daddy seats, some are children seats, some are visitor seats. In a big house, 
He said there are different things. But I was thinking that it was the owner of the house that made those things be like that. Because I was thinking naturally. But I said, Holy Spirit, open my eyes. And he showed me here that although some things are used for, you know, carrying trash, he said, God created us to be different. But how we are used depends on us. Oh Lord Jesus, help me so that this will be clearly communicated. Lord, help me. He said, see, you can be a golden vessel and you will still not be used for honorable use. You will be used as a packer for sweeping. You will be used as a refuse drum, as a refuse collection box. Even though you are a golden vessel, that is the master will never come near to you. He will never come and pose around you. Even though you are a golden vessel, you are rich, you are prestigious, you are refined. He said, the master will not want to be associated with you. The master will say, let the, the maid, let the guard, let the gardener undo or have relationship or be close to the refuse collection box. I will not have anything to do with it. It's mine. I bought it. Listen to me. He said, even that refuse collection golden box is mine. I bought it by my blood. But it's not clean. It's not fit for the master's use because it's not clean. Meanwhile, there can be an earthen vessel. A vessel of clay. It's porcelain. But it's clean. He said, then the master will say, put my food in that. When my special guest comes, use that to serve them. So it is the state of the vessel, not the status of the vessel that matters in determining what will be used as a vessel of honor or a vessel of dishonor. State above status. He said, if you are clean, you may be a young vessel, I will use you. And I see God using a lot of young people now. Oh, some say, oh, they are too young to be in ministry. But God is saying, they are clean enough to be used by me. I see a lot of women in ministry. They said, oh, women are supposed to sit down and be listening. They are not supposed to be holding the mic and shaking the world. God says, as far as I'm concerned, there is no male or female. And this vessel is clean. So I brought my spirit into her. That she can be my witness to the nations. She's clean. Oh. She's not so polished. She's not so strong. She's so fragile. I said, I know. I know she's clean. She's fragile. If she falls, she will shatter. He said, but she's clean. And this silver vessel is not clean. So I will use this one. For my glory to witness me before the nations. I'm not moved by status. She's not very educated. Oh, he's not very educated. He says, I know. I know when I called Joseph Ayobabalola, he was not very educated. In fact, he was young. But he shook Africa by a revival that came because my act was upon him. I saw a clean vessel. And as a result of his ministry, many Pentecostal churches rose in Nigeria. That revival of 1930 revivals that are still being sustained. Because the protégés of the people that he mentored, they are risen to raise more protégés. 
He said, I know you're not very educated. But if you make yourself clean, he said, you will be fit for the master's use. See what the Bible says. He said, therefore, in verse 21, if anyone cleanses himself from dishonor or from the latter, he will be a vessel of honor. Not I will make him, he will be a vessel of honor. He said, prepared for every good work. Prepared for every good work. He said, if you make yourself ready to be used of God, I will use you. How do you make yourself ready? How do you make yourself fit for the master's use? He said, clean yourself. Purge your life. You know the things you are carrying that you ought not to carry. He said, purge them out. You want your, your spirit to be filled with the Holy Ghost? He said, I don't like doing a mission. Remove what is inside that is not of God. And wait for me. Yearn for me. Seek me with all your heart. And I will rush in. And out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. He said, but you've got to be clean. You've got to clean it up. You want to be fit for the master's use. I'll tell you three things to do. How can you stay fit? How can you get fit? I'll tell you three, three things to do. Number one, very quickly. Maintain as lifestyle the exercises that we've talked about in week one, week two, and week three. In week one, we talked about on the diet. In week two, we talked about exercises. In week three, we talked about constantly checking yourself, self-examination, asking, am I still in Christ? Am I still in faith? If you maintain as lifestyle, a culture of the word, staying in the place of the word, he said, if your diet is the word, you will maintain this lifestyle. James 1, I read verse 25. The Bible says, But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, that is, you look into the word of God, the word that brings liberty, and continues. This is the problem. Many of us can take a peep. We can look at it. The problem is that we don't know how to continue. He said, if you look and continue in it, and do not become a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, he said, this work will be blessed in all it does. That is, you will see a transformation in your life if you look into this work and you continue into what you see. If your diet is this work and you continue in what you see, he says, that your life will show the blessedness of the benefits of staying upon the world. Second Corinthians chapter 3 verse 18. Bible says, But we know, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image, from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of God. If you stay and keep on looking at that word, Keep on looking at that word of liberty. At that law of liberty. Staring at this glory that is being revealed. The light that is coming. Light there is glory. The light that is emanating from the word of God. Which brings light and understanding to the simple. He said your life will be transformed. From glory to glory. That is you will become what you continually behold. May I say that again. You will become 
what you continually behold, if you make that your exercise, the Bible says in Colossians chapter 3 verse 6, let the word of God dwell richly in you in all wisdom. That is, if you make it your paramount food, if the word of God becomes your diet, that which you feast on daily, he said you will keep yourself fit and remain fit if you continue. So the key is continuity. Continuity is the key. Don't just read the Bible and say, I'll read it for one week. And after one week, you go and leave. No, he said it doesn't work like that. You will lose your fitness. You will lose your shape. You want to keep in shape. You want to maintain your shape. He said, keep on doing the exercises that brought that shape. First Timothy chapter 4 verse 8. You remember we read two weeks ago. The Bible says, for bodily exercise, profited little. Bodily exercise. He said, profited little. He said, but exercise yourself unto godliness. That which has promise for both the current life and the future life. He said, that one has a lot more benefit. And we mentioned some of the exercises. This is number two. How do you keep yourself fit and remain fit? He said, exercise yourself continually unto godliness. Number one, we said, maintain the lifestyle of being on a diet. Number two, he said, continue the exercises unto godliness. And we read a number of those exercises. I'm not going over them. Go back and read more of them. Go to the book of 1 Timothy chapter 4 from verse 12 downwards. Read a lot more of those exercises. Read Jude 20. It says, pray in the Holy Ghost. Building up yourself in your most holy faith. Your most holy faith. Exercise yourself in the spirit. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Day and night. Whether you are together with people under your breath. He said, pray. Whether you are in your company, you are working. He said, pray. Under your breath, pray. You are driving. He said, pray. You are eating. He said, pray. Build yourself in your most holy faith. Stay in tune. Intermittent praying in the Holy Ghost. You are walking between floor and floor, praying the Holy Ghost. You are using the lift, praying the Holy Ghost. Whatever you are doing, praying the Holy Ghost. You are on the treadmill, praying the Holy Ghost. Over time, something will happen to you. Over time, something will happen to you. When Paul the Apostle says, I pray in tongues more than you all, you think he just sits in a place and does nothing else, and that is all he does. How did you do all those missionary journeys? How did you do all those nights without sleep, without food? It was part of his normal life. I'm not telling you what I don't know. I'm not telling you what I don't do. This is the way it works. You think you're going to have that block time to say, Oh, I blocked this time to pray in the Holy Ghost in the day. Maybe some of us will, depending on what we do. Depending on our schedule for the day. But some of us don't have that kind of flexibility. So what we do is that we weave our Christian life into every kind of life. In fact, we don't have a compartmentalized life. Christian 247. And the Bible says in the book of 1 Thessalonians 517. It says, pray without ceasing. So whether I'm writing, I'm praying the Holy Ghost. I'm reading, I'm praying the Holy Ghost. I'm watching TV, I'm praying the Holy Ghost. I'm on my phone, I'm praying the Holy Ghost. I'm walking, I'm praying the Holy Ghost. This is how we pray without ceasing. When I'm sleeping, even though you think I'm sleeping, when I turn around, yeah, mandate, yeah, kataza, it's a lifestyle. You pray in the Holy Ghost. You pray in the Holy Ghost. Not only when there is problem, you pray in the Holy Ghost. You build yourself up. You stay fit. Pray in the Holy Ghost. I'm smiling. I'm praying the Holy Ghost. I'm washing. I'm praying the Holy Ghost. 
You cooking, you're praying the Holy Ghost. You're studying, you're praying the Holy Ghost. Tell me how it will not enter. Tell me how you do not have success. Because as you are praying, something is jumping from the spiritual realm and it's jumping into your mind. And as you switch from praying the Holy Ghost, you switch into the understanding. You begin to download the things that everyone is speaking. And later they are wondering, how come you are so effective? How come you are so efficient? Because you maintain a life of discipline. A life of spiritual exercise. Building yourself up in your most holy faith. Let me move on. I've only read verse 21. I've stopped. I need to read this verse 22 because it's very clear. Bible says, flee all youthful loss. But pursue righteousness, faith, love and peace. With all those who call upon the Lord out of a pure heart. I see two kinds of running here. He said, flee something. And he said, pursue another thing. Both of them are running. But one is running away. Flee is running away. And pursue is running towards. Our lives cannot be described only by what we run away from. But also by what we run towards. So many of us, what we've done is we try to run away from certain things. And it is good. And we must. But as you are running away from one thing, you must be running towards another thing. This is how you keep fit. This is how you keep your shape. He said, flee from youthful lust. That is, run away from youthful lust. Those entanglements with the world. You want to fit in with the world. You want to blend with the world. You want to sing their song. You want to wear the cloth. You want to dress their style. He said, calm down. You can't do that. If you want to keep in shape, friendship with the world is enmity with God. You can't do that. You are not called to do that. Flee youthful lust. You are a youth. There are certain desires that you have. And some of them are legitimate. He said, but don't let a desire be what is controlling you. Master self-control to control those desires. So that they do not become a snare unto you. A man is a snare by their desires. So if you do not know the level to place your desire. How to place a check on your desire. Something good. Something good. Like marrying somebody, like being in a relationship, like having a love life, can become a snare unto you because you have not learned how to manage it. Something good, like looking good, can become a snare to you if you have not learned to manage it. If all that makes sense about looking good to you is your outward appearance, not about looking good to your master, the one who enlisted you into this army, pleasing him. If you don't look good to him, what use is your looking good to the world? Mastering how to flee youthful lust. He said, You must flee youthful lust. Those excessive entertainment. I know some entertainment is good, but how do you define what is good entertainment from what is bad entertainment? Live in the spirit, and you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. There are certain entertainment you are enjoying. The Holy Spirit will caution you, say, This is not for you, Lemuel. Oh, this is not for you. Say, Flee those things, run away from them. Don't rationalize them. Run. Don't try to fraternize. Flee. He said, but don't stop at fleeing. He said, pursue something else. As you are running away from this youthful lust, he said, find yourself running vigorously towards some other things. And he mentioned here, he said, righteousness. I don't have time to read all of that. Righteousness chapter 33 verse 5 of Psalms. Psalm 33 verse 5. He said, pursue righteousness. Why? God is attracted to righteousness. You are going to please God. You want to keep fit. 
pleasing unto the master and fit for the master's use. He said, righteousness must be one of your cardinal things that you are pursuing. Pursue righteousness. Pursue it. Pursue righteousness. Number two that you must pursue. According to the scriptures that we read here in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 22. He said, you must pursue faith. Hebrews 11, verse 6. He says, without faith is impossible to please God. Those who come to God must know that he is, that is, he exists, he is alive, he's not a fiction, he's not a cosmic revelation. God is real, he is, and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. For without faith, it's impossible to please God. You want to please your recruiter, the one who brought you into this army. You want him to think that you are fit. You want him to see you as fit for the battles that he needs to send you to go fight on his behalf. He said, you must have faith. Exercise yourself unto faith and righteousness. He said, also, you must have love. 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 I'm going to read First John chapter 4, verse 8. First John, I, I need to read this one. First John chapter 4, verse 8. The Bible says, He who does not love does not know God. For God is love. He who does not love does not know God. For God is love. Bible says here, pursue love. It's not saying if you don't have love, if you don't show love, if love is not part of your life, it's saying you don't know God. You have no relationship with the recruiter. Therefore, you cannot please him if you do not pursue love. If you do not live a life of love, he said you can't please him. He will not judge you as having won the battle if you press the, the tape without love. You have run very hard but you run without love. You say we love God, but we hate the people that He made in His image. He said you can't do that. You must love God, and that love must translate into you loving the people He made. I love God, but I hate Christians. I hate church people. Church people are this. Church people are that. But Jesus is this. Jesus is the head. The church people you are cursing. There is body. You can't love the head and hate the body. Many of us castigate the body of Christ. You can't do that. Is the body perfect? It's not yet perfect. Our duty is to train it to become perfect. Just like the head is perfect. But don't castigate it. Love is a way of showing that you have a relationship with the head of the church. With the recruiter of the soldiers. And if you're going to please him, you must pursue love. Last but not the least is peace. Bible says in the book of Matthew chapter 5, what we like to call beatitude. If you read verse 9, it says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God, not strangers to God. Sons of God. You want to be loved of God. You want to be seen as a son. You want to live in the house. You want to be a heir of God. You want God to entrust kingdom resources into your hands. It says you must be a man of peace. Bible says, pursue peace and holiness, without which no one shall see the Lord. He said, at the end, you want to please me? You want to come on the podium? You want to stand to receive your crown? He said, yes, yes. peace is one of the ingredients that you must pursue. As you pursue fitness, as you try to keep ourselves fit for the master's use, he said, you must keep these things in mind. How do you stay fit? How do you stay fit? And remain pleasing unto the master. Fit for the master's use. Fit for special occasion. The exercises that make for godliness, you must continue and sustain them. The diet that changes your life, that transforms you. Even the word of God 
Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He said the proceeding word of God. Let it dwell in you richly in all wisdom. And last but not the least, it says that if you are going to keep pleasing the Lord, you must master running away from some things and running towards some things. Run away from youthful awesome, but run towards faith. You run towards righteousness, run towards love, and run towards peace. And the God of peace, may he grant you peace indeed in the name of Jesus Christ. I want you to take two minutes to pray. To pray for yourself. The Bible says, when we started reading our text for today, it said, be strong through the grace that is in Christ Jesus. These things we are saying, they are not easy to do. I'm telling you from experience. Without grace, we are not going to have sustainability in this journey. But there is such a thing called sustaining grace. I want you to pray for sustaining grace. Pray that the Lord will continue to supply you sustaining grace. To finish your race strong. To finish strong as an athlete that you will run and compete lovely. That you will run keeping the requirements of the master. That as a soldier, you will endure hardship. You will please the one who recruited you. As a farmer, that you will endure hardship. Until you see the harvest. And you will be the first to partake of the cross. Pray for yourself that the Lord will embrace you like never before. That he will give you grace to sustain this habit that are putting you in shape. That you will sustain them. That your prayer life will remain strong. That you will remain fervent in the place of studying the word of God. That you will remain fervent in doing good works. In doing the will of God. In doing the things motivated by faith in the son of God. And grace by the son of God. In the name of Jesus. And that your profiting we appear to us that you will remain relevant in the things that God is doing in this end times. That the Lord will not fire you from his army. That the Lord will not ban you from competing as an athlete on his track and field. In the name of Jesus, pray for yourself for grace, for oil to stay to the end. Ask that the Lord will grant you oil to stay to the end. In the name of Jesus Christ, and you will be fit for the master's use, a vessel unto honor, now and forever. In Jesus' name we pray. I pray for you that that sustaining grace will come upon you in the name of Jesus Christ. On that altar of prayer that is cold, I pray for sustaining grace to come in the name of Jesus. For that mouth that is struggling to pray in the Holy Ghost, I pray for utterance in the name of Jesus. Receive utterance from this moment. Receive utterance in the name of Jesus. Let fire come upon your altar in the name of Jesus Christ. Receive grace to stand in the name of Jesus. The word of God will not be boring to you. You will have light and understanding. You will have illumination and revelation in the name of Jesus Christ. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. God bless you. Thank you for joining us again this month. We celebrate you. We don't take this for granted. In the name of Jesus Christ, we say God bless you. And God continue to keep you. Please listen to the announcements that will come after this. I want to encourage you. Invite your friends. Send this message to your friends. Be a blessing. Spread the good news of the kingdom. What we preach in New Wine is a kingdom. Is a kingdom. And a kingdom is here. And a kingdom is you. In the name of Jesus. Put your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening. To get copies of messages, kindly visit our ministry material store. And also worship with us at Foundation of Truth Assembly Headquarters on 40 Stroke 42 Imam Dowder Street. Of Eric Mosso, Lagos. God bless you.